You work in the NHS? Yeah. All of a sudden, it was like, boom, the, the hospitals were full. Would you say that the town. NHS is on its knees? Public. On one hand, people were on their doorstep steps clapping everyone. Yeah. And then and then it felt like in the next breath they were attacking us. Where has COVID gone? Like a flu. Mm. You know, like it's one of those illnesses that we just have. Why should why should you be forced to take a vaccination if you uh, if if it doesn't affect you or if it hasn't affected you? We were told we've got to vaccinate this much of the population. We've got to do it within this amount of time, and you've got to do it. It's not a cure, right? It doesn't cure you. No. It, 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 and it doesn't stop you. It doesn't stop you from transmitting it. It doesn't stop no. you from getting it. So no. I don't need to be putting something in my body that could yeah. that is going to fight a, uh, something that doesn't affect me. Good, thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm always good. I can't good. complain. Life is challenging, good. positive, mm-hmm. um, with positive challenges, yeah. um, which keep us going, right? Yeah. So, Sarah, you are, um, you work in the NHS. Yes. As uh, I'm an op- head of operations, is that correct? Yeah. Go on, tell me what you do and what your role is and what it entails. Yeah. So, I am, yeah, the head of operations for a division within the NHS. Um, so looking after one of the the div- number of divisions of different so you're like you sit at the top and yeah. then there's a number of divisions not quite at the top no there's still the yeah t- let's say you let's, let's just say you're at the top sarah <laughs> come on um, so you look after multiple div- div- divisions no, multiple areas within one division got you got you yeah, love, yeah. Love so that. there's there's a few of me within the hospital yep. looking after each division. Okay. But I'm I'm a nurse by background, so So op- you've worked your way up to this position. Yeah, and I don't know quite how I got to it. I just just one of those things that you fall <laughs> I into. Love that. I, love I know. That. I, I like I I was always I'm a nurse, I'm always gonna be a nurse. That's and then yeah, people, somebody was just one day was like, Oh, well, do you fancy doing this? And I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> and how long ago was that? About three years ago, so, so literally that, just before the pandemic. I <gasps> know, oh yeah. So I, wow. I hadn't long been in my role before everything kind of hit. So, and so, so what's really that role? Weird. So obviously, as a nurse, we get the general idea: you're on the floor, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're there, you're in the nitty gritty of things. You get this new job just before the pandemic. Um, so you're is it office based as such? Yeah. Is, it, is it delegation as such? Yeah, as? so it, it is all office based. And I, ha- I had been in a more managerial nursing role, so I was used to being more office based. But um, the reason why I did the role is I wanted to be able, like my, the whole of my ethos comes from patient care and putting the patient first, having been a nurse. And so I thought I can take that and put that into the operational role and bring all that knowledge that I have about what I know doesn't work and try and then I can I can be the one that makes the change you know helps to enact that yeah you can make that change at a higher higher position and hopefully spread that down that that was the plan (laughs) (laughs) and then everything just (laughs) so how hard is it before we talk about the Mm. pandemic which is super interesting that you took this role before the pandemic Mm. because you would have you would have been the eyes of and ears yeah of, of what went on but how hard is it as a nurse to adhere to putting the patient first and the patient's needs before your own. Yeah. And, I mean, it, honestly, just an no, honest it, open opinion. It is really. And actually, it's really interesting because one of my que- interview questions for the operational role was how do you know that you're resilient? And I was like, I've been a nurse for 24 <laughs> years. <I> know. <laughs> you know, I have had to look after people at their worst and at their best. And mm-hmm. and I always say, it's always a bit cheesy, but so my background was paediatric oncology. So I worked with really... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, Pediat- sorry. <laughs> yeah, so children's... Just for myself and the viewers. Yeah, children's cancer. <laughs> and the listeners. So... Oh, wow. My, so, re- and I have to say, being a nurse was the best... It, it is the best of my career. It was the best job in the world. But I always said... Every child that I lost along the way took a piece of me with them because you don't. It's not just you do give your you give yourself wholeheartedly to them. That's okay. what the commitment you make as a nurse. Wow, so what well, I some think, sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's good to hear. But it's um, you sound like that you fit that role perfectly then because what you just <laughs> described is is how nurses should yeah. should be and how they you know you can't help but get that emotional attachment no, and yeah. uh, you know really attaching yourself especially if they're showing love and affection back it's yeah it's hard to separate yourself going right this is work no here's your medication blah 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 yeah. and walk away then to 
to really feel and, and connect with that individual. Yeah, and I think that's probably the hardest bit of coming into an operational role is you don't get that interface anymore you. and you don't get... Um, that could because that's where you get a lot of your satisfaction from your role is seeing the different face to face that energy yeah yeah because you're up on that you know next level you don't get that anymore you're just so yeah do you feel a bit detached from it then a bit so i just try it but the you jump on the floor every now and then yeah you do every chance i get i'm like oh i'll come and help i'll do that (laughs) and even like in the pandemic i was like yeah i can do some vaccinations you know like just because it was like yeah i can see patients um and i have to be on call for the whole hospital so you know if i'm moving patients you know having to move patients i'm like yeah i can come and do that i'll come and speak just you know chat to some people for a while because that that's the great bit about the job and what's interesting about uh, you sarah and why i've got you here is during the mm. pandemic um nurses can be caught up and sometimes you need to step out of any situation yeah. to really see it and to really you know yeah. get a good uh, awareness of what's going on yeah and i suppose you had the the the, the freedom or the privilege to really step up and really look at the pandemic covid how yeah. it how everything worked from a from a higher point of view yeah. from, a, from a um hierarchical point point of view so you can put your eyes and ears on it and really yeah. and really move it about rather than being on the ground and being fired here there and everywhere where you know you you don't know your ass from your elbow so yeah. what happened when <laughs> um the pandemic hit how much of a change and how adaptable yeah. did you have to be so, uh, at the top there? Yeah, so literally, I, and I've thought about this a lot because obviously it just feels like a lifetime ago. But um, at the, the beginning, it was really weird because it was like we all knew something was coming, but we didn't know what it was. No one really knew what the impact was. And we at the beginning, it was quite almost quite slow. And it was like we were all preparing but we didn't quite know what for because we yeah. didn't we didn't really know what the impact was going to be, mm-hmm. and that was a really odd time because there was lots of rumbles about what's going to happen and um, pl- trying to plan for uh, the worst kind of really we did and hope mm-hmm. for the best I guess it's that whole, um, but in that first stage when things started to kind of really heat up, like literally it was changes were made like two or three times a day so you get like a bullet and we had tactical meetings every day sometimes twice a day because literally you would talk right this is the way we're going to do something and then literally two hours later you get another email going actually it's not this is the way we're going to do and it and where like, was that information coming from so Sarah? it can't so come, and the change as well just a quick one where was that information coming from and the change that happened was it was it a physical you saw it physically changing or you were told that more, it had to change more guidance and we enacted the physical change okay but a, could you see the physical change all of yeah. a sudden could you see an influx of people you know yeah. dying of covid an influx of people being oh, yeah. on ventilators an influx of people um it, it coming was, in was it was that a physical it just uh, kind of sight ha- that you saw yeah and you could see it so in the tactical meetings you know, we've got this great data analyst who provides us information. And so he would, um, you could see the trend every day of things going up and up for us to keep an eye on things. Mm-hmm. And the, the guidance was more coming from government or from our infection control teams because they'd realised something that they hadn't realised about something that you needed to do. And so we're trying to make a change to keep everyone safe. And because it was new and nobody knew what to expect, that the guidance was changing all the time. Mm. Um, I think the big the big thing for me in that initial phase was, and it and it did happen. So the amount of people who did, like who who went out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So there were so many. You know, we had children's nurses looking after adults. Mm-hmm. We had n- normal nurses that might have only been working on a ward going and working in intensive care and seeing and doing things that they hadn't done before and people were putting themselves forward for that mm-hmm. they 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 were you know everyone wanted to to help mm-hmm. people wanted to help and so they put themselves forward for that and um and that was the biggest thing for me is how people accepted the change mm-hmm. and kind of went with it it was a real sense of kind of rallying the troops mm-hmm. and you know everyone getting on board and doing what they can do um and then it was um you know for us a worry about what 
were the things that we had to keep going because there were things that had to keep going Mm -hmm. you know like people were still going to have babies people were still going to come in unwell with Mm -hmm. needing surgery there was the certain things about our business that had to keep going so then we had to look at things and go what could we can what can we keep going and what realistically have we got to stop because we haven't got the capacity to do it and that kind of happened a bit slowly and then it kind of and then it felt like all of a sudden it was like boom the the hospitals were full it was but um, do you think that was more because people were, were now doing the test, making themselves aware of stuff, so you know, definitely, just as the information trickled yeah, in, yeah, so take these tests, take this, come yeah, in so and do this. And what I found really fascinating about the lockdown and about, you know, coming up with a decision, yeah. you know, not to allow people in t- with their with the fathers in yeah. to see their, their child being born, yeah. um, parents or loved ones being beside their um, loved ones when they, yeah. were, when they were passing away. Um, that it was made a decision was made to do that with little or, or no knowledge of what actually was yeah. and but what, I think, what COVID was. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think all of it came from a place of wanting to keep people as safe as they could. That's where it came from, and by and and do you agree with that? I uh, well at the time because it was the unknown. I think yeah, and because we didn't know how much of an impact that could have. So it's more of a defensive mechanism. We don't know what we're dealing with. Let's just stop people here, stop people here, stop people from coming in. And everyone will be safe. And everyone will be safe. But what about the knock-on effect for that? And I get that. that uh, But the knock-on effects from that, um, you know, with people with loved ones, fathers, you know, I don't think people realise, you know, the, the, the partners being at someone's side when that child... I was fortunate enough that I was at all my five children's uh, births. So... First one to grab them, cut yeah. some of the umbilical cords on yeah. my chest. You know, they're moments that I believe every parent yeah. needs to go through if yeah. they can to not only create a bond with that child, but to 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 acknowledge that I've brought this child into the world. That is my, you know, that is now my utmost yeah. responsibility. And I've got some stranger telling me that I can't come yeah. in and do that. How dare you take that away from me? Do you, yeah. do you understand? Oh, that, yeah, totally. The, did you have a lot of that? Do you actually, have to deal oh, with yeah, a lot of that? Oh, yeah, a lot of that. And, and actually that's... On the flip side of that, I can totally empathise why people were so upset about it. But uh, looking at what the staff went through, mm-hmm. people are traumatised by what they had to enact because, you know, that they and they were doing it on the... Traumatised by what they had to see and yeah, do. Yeah, so lots of things. So so they had a lot of staff, being, you know, getting abuse from patients about the fact that they couldn't come in. Okay. And obviously they were just doing what they were told to just keep people safe it wasn't their choice that that was happening Mm -hmm. um and and the other thing was um so there were times as well in the press we'd hear about people saying oh the hospitals are empty so why aren't we allowed in because they're empty and the impact on our staff when you hear people saying that when you know behind closed doors people were firefighting. Now there were certain things that weren't happening. And like there were some hospitals that, that, that were weren't. There were some hospitals yeah, that weren't full, weren't there? Because they were. So so we. Is that because they're a specific ward for? Yeah. For so that, yeah. things like we'd use the private hospitals differently because they're normally for elective care, and they would. Okay. So they supported us with like our cancer patients and looking after them, keeping them safe in almost like a clean bubble because yep. it's a different area, but behind the closed doors the wards were full it's just you didn't see people because there were no it was the strangest thing walking around the hospitals because they were like ghost towns because there were no visitors yep. and yet you knew on every ward they were they were full and there were so that false imp- yeah, false impression it, that that you may, go into the hospital and you go it's well, empty no one here. um yeah. and then behind the closed doors you know what i had that because my mother passed away yeah. on the 1st of april during the first lockdown um in Plymouth and yeah. I remember walking into that hospital to see my mum um a couple of days before she passed and I remember talking to the security and he's and even the security because obviously they don't know what's going yeah. on they're, they're like it's a ghost town around here yeah. nothing. I'm like where's all the in my yeah. head I'm like where's all the covid patients yeah well, you know I can't my brother can't come in and see my yeah. mum because I'm in there my sister can't see my mum because I'm in there they've allowed two of us in there they shouldn't really only yeah, one yeah. but they've, they've allowed two of us in there because yeah. my mum's literally on her deathbed yeah. and they've they've seeked a you know, bit, bit of discretion and a bit of empathy yeah. um, and let us in but 
And when you're looking around, you, you, you can't help but get angry and yeah. frustrated because you're thinking, yeah, this hospital no, yeah. is empty. Yeah. My brother stood out there. I'm stood in here. My mum's passing away. She wants her children at her side. We can't be at her side. Mm. Um, and she's not getting the treatment that she should really be getting because of, uh, you know, of, of, um, because of the situation. And again, the nurses are here, there and everywhere. And it's not yeah. down to that. So the general public, you know, th their vision of what they're seeing and yeah. then the effect of what it's having on some people and not others. Yeah. Again, is splitting this is splitting. It's causing sort of divide between yeah, between the NHS and and it, the it people. Was, of, it was weird because the, on, on one hand, people were on their doorstep steps clapping everyone, yeah. and then and then it felt like in the next breath they were attacking us for yeah. like. And you know when you you know you sign up to almost like an oath when you become a nurse, particularly or a doctor, that you will do the greatest good for the greatest number of people. That is what you're, and that so that's is that the ethos. Is yeah, it is that kind yeah, of, yeah, of. It's like no harm. You're not going to cause any harm to someone, and you're not going to. But you, but it is about that kind of for the greater good, really. Um, and that and that was the whole reason behind doing it. But the in, it, it, I can see why on the outside it looked like. It was, and now, it just it all it makes me think is that I realise all those people walking around hospitals they're visitors they're not patients mm -hmm. because when we stopped visitors there wasn't anyone yeah exactly so it, you know so unless you're unless you're from the inside of things you knowing that behind those mm. closed doors which the visitors can't go behind anyway no. and because there's no visitors the yeah. hospital seem empty that's a very interesting sort of uh, look to uh, um flip to look at it because i yeah i never looked at it that way and, and now at, that you've said that it sort of makes sense and at the peak we were like doubling tripling our intensive care units because there were so many people on there um and I think what people don't think about, I mean, I, I can't begin to imagine what it was like for families, but for those staff looking after those people, it's had a lasting effect. Mm -hmm. They are, you know, tra they have been traumatised by what they've had to see because, like I kind of said at the beginning, nobody goes into those jobs to do that. The whole point is that you want to keep families together and you want to... It's the opposite the almost, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're doing something that is, goes against everything... And some of those people, re so they, all I can say is the s staff did, they tra treated all of those people like they were their own relative. You know, they held people's hands. They, um, you know, we had, we used iPads where we could to keep, try and keep contact together. But the impact that it had on people, on the staff, mm -hmm. because they were going against all of their... Yeah, everything. Everything yeah. that they believe in. It's almost like a 180, wasn't it? It's like yeah. they're there for the people to bring people together. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you yeah. Five, but yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's closing times. But go on then. Yeah. Uh, all of that. All always of that. be yeah. discretion to... No, and obviously the blame goes on the person yeah. that's telling them no, it right? Is. Exactly. Because yeah, it's exactly. like I'm saying, no, you can't go in there. It's yeah. like, well, come on, it's, the hospital's empty. Yeah. No, you can't. Well, well, where are all your COVID patients? Yeah. Sir. Yeah, yeah. Trust, the hospital's empty. You know, it's one of those. So again, I can see that point of view where they've, you, they've done a 180 and going against all of their instincts yeah. of what what they've been taught. You know how they are to be a nurse in the first place. You have to be a certain kind of caring, sort of empathetic, you know, nurturing type of person anyway, yeah. um, male or female. Um, so you're going against all, how did that affect the uh, the nurses um, psychologically? And has it had, can you see <clears throat> yeah. the, uh, the the damaging effect from when, yeah, from lockdown? definitely. Yeah. Um, staff, are, are you know they're very they're tired they're emotionally drained mm -hmm. and so for us as kind of managers in the hospital we're now thinking about how we support well-being so there's a lot of kind of well-being and welfare going into hospitals and we keep talking about you know we know we don't have a lot <laughs> loads of money in the nhs but what we can what we have and that has probably come out of covid what we can think differently about is time so how can we get can we be flexible with people's working can we how can we give them that back rather than mm -hmm. we can't give them monetary um rewards but we can you know give them their time back and how we how can we do that and the other thing i think we've got to do which is important is because they are so tired we have got to make sure that the workforce is right and the you know staffing is right and all of those wards because the other thing is patient 
habits have changed. Like they're, they are. How? Well, so <clears throat> I think because people didn't see their GP for a long time, perhaps, or they didn't come and get that operation because they couldn't. They're coming in deconditioned, and especially the elderly and the frail, they're they're a, they're a lot harder to get back up to normal you know the levels of fitness you'd want them to be to get them home so it's harder work for people because they're they're sicker than they would have normally been so for us that's thinking about have we got the right numbers of workforce in areas and how can we make sure that's right because it has changed welcome to my mind over muscle festival hosted by myself and middleton you're in trouble now once you go through these gates there's no going back let's do this With 250 acres to play with and to fill, come along, fill it up, and come play with Team Ant. My Mind Over Muscle Festival, hosted by myself, Ant Middleton, is open to all. Come along, face your fears, and unlock your true potential. This festival is open to all abilities. It will be action-packed, fear-defying, and a coming together of positive, like-minded people encapsulated with the main ingredient, fun. Do you think how COVID and, and the lockdown was, has been dealt, do you think it's had now, talking about now, do you think it's had more of a detrimental impact on on staff, on on the general public now than a positive impact? So I think, would you, would, would, well, I think it's a bit of both. So I think what we have all realised is how resilient we are mm-hmm. and how much, and when we come together, we can do something great. Mm-hmm. So there has been some real positives out of, covid in recognizing people's well-being um and you know we made we made really fast-paced change during covid mm-hmm. so why can't we do that all the time and yeah. make like positive changes for patient care for how we tra- treat yeah, what staff. you learn over two years um, yeah. w- was way more than you learned over the past 20 yeah. years pre- yeah. pre-covid right yeah. i know that you acceleration the adaptation and uh, the way that you got through it is such a learning curve that bloody hell that you almost yeah. not needed the NHS needed to kick up the ass because they didn't, but it's almost that, that in a positive way that's progressed yeah. in such a in such a good way in a positive way moving forward. Yeah, and now the struggle is not going back to the old. The, the, how do we move forward? And, and how hard and is that? Yeah, hard actually because people the people because people are tired, their natural reaction is just to go back to how it was before the and I, pandemic is done yeah now we revert back to our old ways yeah, but actually there were some really positive changes we made and really good things which ones about you know things like patient pathways you know like um say virtual clinics so you used to kind of bring a, pa- a patient back just to say oh how have you been is everything all right have you got any problems and you had to bring them back to hospital for that mm. and now during COVID, because we didn't want people to come in, but they needed to be seen, we did a lot of virtual clinics. So we do phone calls or video calls. Patients don't have to come to hospital and you can just have that touch base to say, how are you doing? Do you need anything more? Okay, great. Well, we're going to discharge you. Or yes, we need to do more treatment. Why? And there was there was almost a bit of a knee jerk to go back to how we did it before. And it's like, why? This is great. This yeah. is great for a patient. They can sit in their home and have a chat with you. They don't need to come to hospital. Why would we make them come to hospital? And, and also, because we're moving into what we kind of call a recovery phase now, because we have patients that are wait, have waited a long time for surgery, and you know, how, we're thinking differently about. Like this patient comes to three appointments because they need a scan, then they need to see a doctor, and then they need to have something done. Why can't we just do that in one Consolidate appointment? Consolidate that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, is that happening now? Yeah. 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 And, and the, are you playing catch up though? We are. We're, we're pu- hugely. Yeah. Right? We're hugely playing. Catch up. If you're being honest. Yeah. 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 We are. Um, and there's and there's a lot of, you know, pressure because we want to make sure patients aren't don't have a detrimental effect from that weight they've had. So, yeah, we, we really are putting pressure on ourselves to get them seen. Would you say that the can. NHS is on its knees? Um, I think it, honest? I think it is because it's tar- we're tired and that's why we mm. need to get... Um, we. You know, I think we're so lucky to have the NHS. When I think about are, yeah. people in America who have to pay so, you know, you can't yeah. even have a baby without having to pay for it. And how yeah. do you... I can't even imagine if my child was sick not being able to just get them the care they needed. Um, so I, I think 
we have to think differently, but we also there's something about um, people taking a positive stance on their own health and the health of their family. So how much more can we do about health promotion, people looking after themselves, like people being fit, yeah. um, and also yeah, taking looking after their mental health, looking after yeah. their physical health, their emotional yeah. health, their you know just their just uh, a, a lifestyle of, and of, that, of well-being. And I think it makes you realize it's not kind of an endless resource that we have in, in in the NHS and we don't want to lose it so the more less impact we if we can focus on seeing like we did in COVID the really sick people mm-hmm. then you know that that will make it more sustainable do you think you neglected the really sick people during COVID because of um the approach that you took of we don't know what's happening let's shut everything down do you think really sick people really suffered no because I honestly that's they're the people we focused on and I think it so so they may have because we had COVID wars and we had non-COVID wars we still we're moving more into a normal now but um they I th- that was the difference, I think. So the A&Es weren't as busy, the ambulance service wasn't as busy because the only people using it were really sick people. Now, I, I, I think we all worry that there were a group of kind of sick people that didn't want, were scared to come, so didn't come. That worries us. But definitely I can say the sick people got treated and it makes you realise maybe there's alternative options for people rather than coming to A&E yeah. because uh, it was unbelievable the difference of, of the amount of people in, in the A&E. And yeah, people, I don't think the media done any done that any justice by the scaremongering yeah. that they've done, which no. was just, you know, gave an influx of people into hospitals yeah. um, and, you know, into wards thinking they're going to die of COVID. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it affected people And we were trying to do the opposite. We were going on social media and saying, if you oh, are so sick... Oh, you were. Yeah, we were, we, our hostels, or another hostel... So you were pushing it back we were against like, the media, really. We were like, no, no, don't, not, don't, not come, come. If you're sick, come. Mm-hmm. But we want to see, we yeah. want to see you if you're sick. It's the people that are just waiting for kind of an elective operation. They're the people we can't, you know, get treated as quickly as possible. But you, the sick people we want to see. We want. Yeah. So uh, your your goal, your mission, still the same to prioritise. Yeah. Um, and we were worried about the messages out there that people yeah. wouldn't then come, and it was difficult because. Um, people couldn't see their GPs as much as they could do as well. So, and how much did the media have an effect on the NHS? Do you reckon? Yeah, I think a lot in in both ways. Like I say, yeah, I on think one you're being hand, a bit modest there. No, no, a hell of a lot. Yeah, in one hand, you know, they're encouraging people like to clap and like let people go first in the queues if you worked in the NHS. And on the other hand, they kind of battered you I think, <laughs> so, the, I think yeah. the media is a big problem mm. when it comes to the NHS and and also and and, and mental health and yeah, scare, the scare, the yeah. fear scaremongering yeah. you know and I, I, controlled by um, fear it's 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 been used throughout the the, the generation you know it's been used throughout history and it, yeah. it's, it's, it's it was almost still being used yeah you know then no, now. And we're really lucky because we have a really big comms department within the hospital mm-hmm. who really are passionate about giving the right messages out. So what their drive now is, um, because we have to focus on the unwell people and getting all these operations done, we're looking at how we use other hospitals like we did in COVID for different things. So mm-hmm. all the or sick people come to the acute hospitals and then these other places we can use for diagnostic tests or if you've just had a minor injury, you can go to this place or um, if you've been feeling well for a few weeks, go and see this person, yep. you know, and that's the kind of positive thing they're trying to put out there now is is around the how can you use the NHS Yeah, more, more, more efficiently, yeah, yeah, more efficiently, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, let's talk about COVID and the... Um, the jabs, the um, what are they called? It's lost. Oh, vaccination. Vaccina- well, that just went yeah. straight out of my head. So, uh, yeah. vaccinations. Um, as we as we've realised, and as the experts, and I, I, I always say there, there's no experts in COVID because yeah. uh, you know the reason why there was the lockdowns is because we had no experts. Yeah. The reason why we locked yeah. down is because it's a, it's a defence mechanism, yeah, right or wrong. Yeah. Defence mechanism. We don't know what we're dealing with. Let's protect let's. everyone by locking everyone down. So when it, yeah. when people go, listen to the experts, I'm like, there's not really experts out there. Then <laughs> no. we wouldn't be in this lockdown situation if we were. Yeah. And then there goes, you know, then we realise that, yes, 
there was a sweep and there was now we can manage it more by testing staying at home there's not, yeah. not that panic not that fear of everyone going yeah. oh, i've got covid i'm gonna die yeah they can go do you know what i just need to rest up I need to stay yeah, away yeah. from you yeah. a bit like the flu yeah um but it affects more people um some people harsher Harsh. than, than, yeah. than it does others again like the flu um i would and then all of a sudden these va vaccinations come along yeah now if you're if it if it, if you've had it and it hasn't affected you um and you just you know some people have had it and they didn't even realize they had yeah, it they no. have a test after they see their antibodies yeah, yeah. that they've had covid yeah um why should why should you be forced to take a vaccination if you uh, if if it doesn't affect you or if it hasn't affected you yeah um to to keep a keep your job within yeah, the yeah, NHS yeah. for example that, what, what was that the, was, what, a really, was that handed from the government yeah, down yeah. Or? that was about so the because that caused thing. a lot of uproar and it, I know a lot of nurses that fought to the yes. very last minute yeah. some were forced to get it and they 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 beat themselves up that they got it because it was dropped yeah. at the last minute. Some yeah. went, I'm going to fight to the very last day. Yeah. Okay. Very last hour before they tick. And if I have to get it, I'll have to get it. Or if not, yeah. I'll lose my job. Mm. And those that did hold their nerve, obviously it was taken. Yeah. What was going on in the NHS when that was getting banded about? Yeah. So we heard about it for on the us streets. As managers. Yeah. It's, that was so hard. So again, that was something that, you know, we have, we were told we've got to vaccinate this much of the population. We've got to do it within this amount of time and you've got to do it. And it's like... Do you agree with that? I, I, Forcing vaccinations so onto people that, I that think, it doesn't affect? Or? So I think it goes back to that whole greatest good for the greatest number in terms of a kind of NH and all but I it wasn't for the greatest number because it's only a 2% only affected <laughs> the, to like 2, 3, so let's, let's be generous and go 3%. So it wasn't, you know, for when you talk about the greatest number, yeah. or they no, they talk about the greatest number, it's like it's like, yeah. wow, there's there's the majority, yeah, you know, probably don't need that vaccination As, or would you know don't want to put something in no. their body that they don't know too much about. Yeah. It's not that they're yeah, you got your idiots out there, your conspiracy theorists that are like, oh, there's chips in there. That's, yeah. that's obviously yeah, that's yeah. Not, we we won't even go there because that's <laughs> not even worth a conversation. But people who generally go, I've had COVID, mm. I'm happy with it, I'm a nurse, I've been dealing with. I know nurses that have been in, working all through COVID. They haven't caught it once. Yeah. I know, but I know nurses that have been really bad yeah, with it yeah, and that've yeah. got the jab. Yeah. But, but then um, people who go, no, I don't, I haven't, I haven't caught it, or mm. I've caught, I didn't know I had it. I don't need to be putting something in my body that could, yeah. that is going to fight a, uh, something that doesn't affect me yeah. um, physically or, no. or, 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 or biologically. Or and I think so. What I mean by the kind strange. of greatest good, yeah, is more so from for, so from a personal level, it's things like. Um, as a nurse, you have uh, you know, your flu vaccination and you have your uh, because you want to protect patients and keep but, but they them only safe. have that for the elderly, it's only recommended for the elderly, yeah. isn't it? The flu vaccination. Oh, no, NHS, you have it's recommended, it's not, for NHS it's not forced work. upon you, is no, it? No, 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 but um, but that's what I'm talking about, you know, yeah. people I, I within the NHS losing their jobs yeah, because a lot because of people or being forced to take a vaccination that they, they don't agree with, but they, yeah. if they lose their job, they won't be able to pay their bills. Or, yeah. And I'm and talking about how did that... Oh, it was, it was, that, was that, really was hard that because you don't, you don't necessarily agree that people should be forced to do something they shouldn't do, but Agreed. it came from that whole one you know not understanding and wanting to keep people safe i guess mm -hmm. that you know that's where it came from and certainly for us as a trust that was the whole but you know we're being told this is what will keep our patients safe so oh, yeah. we need to 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 get as many people vaccinated as po possible and it was really hard yeah, conversations with people who didn't want to have it and the only thing the only, the positive thing that we saw from vaccinations from the ground was um like there are a group of people that don't, it is really good for so we the only thing i can say is the people that were from after vaccinations the people that were dying were the people that were unvaccinated and that's something we we can statistically see in mm -hmm. hospital that it, you know it had an impact on those vulnerable frail people that that they were really sick but they didn't you know they weren't it, it, they weren't but surely that's a, that's a personal choice that should be yes. that should yeah, be yeah, um, yeah. to the individual as a case listen if you want to if yeah. you want to catch the flu don't get the jab you know yeah. so I'll oh, deal with that I'm happy with that if you want yeah. to catch covid then then don't yeah. get the jab um so what i found really fascinating is that sort of dictatorship of you yeah. will put this in your body yeah um if not, you will lose yeah. your house, your that fear, your your way of living, 
your everything, your, yeah. your, your car, your, your children's education, whatever, whatever that, you know, whatever purpose they had um, that was being threatened to being taken away from them by not putting something. And the people also who did have the jab because they were pro jab, they were like, I'm going to get it. And mm. then they fell ill thereafter. Yeah. That, that there's quite a substantial amount of people. Again, it's yeah. through statistics. Um, they don't like to show these numbers, but the people who have fallen ill or, and lost their lives due to, due to the, yeah, yeah, the COVID the, jab. Yeah. It sort of makes you wonder, wow, you yeah. know, you've almost been forced to, to take something and you've yeah. fallen ill and, and all of a sudden people are passing away of unknown causes. Yeah. Um, and it's blatantly obvious that, that some of them is because of the jab. They've been told yeah. it's because of the jab. Um, where are we at with, with, with the vaccine uh, right now? Because it's not a cure, right? It doesn't cure you. No. It, 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 and it doesn't stop you. It doesn't stop you from transmitting it. It doesn't stop no. you from getting it. So. No. This, I think this is where, and again, just talking to the viewers, talking to someone yeah. like myself who, who I'm very black and white, yes, no, positive, negative, you know, very, where, where does it, how do you sort of, how do you um, come up with the idea that everybody or they come up with the idea that everybody needs this if it's going to have, the jab itself is going to have different effects on, yeah. on different people, but yet you're having to sign a waiver to say, that after this, we hold no responsibility of, you know, yeah, what happens yeah. thereafter. And, and again, it being a trial vaccination, how can, how, do you agree that, um, that they should be forcing a trial vaccination onto, onto people like this? No. And I think it was very difficult because it obviously came from higher up that yeah. that is what that, and, and, and so we were having to implement something that was not, you know. And I know individual. a lot of nurses who had trouble with actually giving the vaccinations. Mm. They were like, they didn't agree with it, but yet they were being told from above that they had to give it. Yeah. And I spoke to about three nurses who had real trouble. I think one of them refused to give give the jabs, but um, they had real trouble in administering the, the vaccination because they didn't believe in it, but they were forced to force it upon other people. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, I don't. So we didn't ever force. So the vaccinations mm -hmm. was all, was more of a kind of voluntary people going to do it. We didn't No, 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 I'm not about you give. forcing. No, I'm not about yeah, yeah, the, whole, the whole fear factor yeah, of if, yeah. you, if you don't get it done, you will lose your job. Yeah. yeah that's almost forcing you into a corner, it, yeah. you know, because with and, some people. And now it has moved into a, so, you know, you literally get, um, an email to say that you're eligible and you can have one if yeah. you want one. So it has moved into more of a choice that you do, you you don't have to. Don't. Yeah, no, and and rightly so. And I think that's that's eased a lot of stress off of yeah. working environment, off of getting the best out of people, off of yeah. the organisation. And um, I, I honestly think it was just a. Do you think it was just the press just rallying I, things? No, like, no. I think it was just a, a knee-jerk reaction to wanting to keep. Keep, what you know? What are we going to do? This is the answer, and this is what everyone's got to do. Mm -hmm. And then they realised that it wasn't the answer, yeah. and now they've they've relaxed everything. I know these are really um, uncomfortable um, conversations to have. Yeah. And, you know, there's no that's the whole idea of the podcast yeah. is to make people understand. Because I get your point of view. My point of view was like the hospitals are empty, and you just came up with a brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, you weren't behind. I wasn't. Do you know what? Yeah. I can find a common ground there. I yeah, get that. I can understand. Yeah. That. I can go back and process it and go. Do you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I was wrong there, or maybe my point of view has shifted. Shifted there. Yeah. But also, hopefully, there's a common ground where, you know, maybe, you know that that vaccination is 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 a trial and, and they're still trialing now because you need a third booster. They yeah, recommend yeah. you get a third booster, a fourth booster. I'm, yeah. I'm traveling abroad soon. They went, have you had a fourth booster? And I'm like, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, a fourth yeah. booster. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, no. I've had, I've had enough. For, and I'm not, an, I'm not anti, uh, the vaccine. Yeah. You know, I've been in the military. I've been yeah. vaccinated to the hilt. You yeah. name it. Yeah. Japanese, you know, I've had the lot. Yeah. Um, so when I say, you know, when I was, was saying that people really should have the, the freedom of choice to, yeah. to put something into their body. It was, it was just from a, from a respect and from yeah. a, a, a freedom of, of choice um, um, sort of area, you know, I came from that point of view going, actually, you know, yeah. I haven't had it. I've never had COVID. And during COVID, I was traveling, you know, yeah. I was traveling a hell of a lot. I was still filming. There's, you know, there were still um, um, visas that we could get that gave us special, you know, sort of uh, 
sort of ends with, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dispensation. Ah, that's the one. So what was that, Josh? Dispensation. Dispensation. There you go. Thank you, Josh. Um, to, to work. Um, so I traveled all over and it hasn't mm. affected me. And mm. it, it's one of those that I look at it and my two of my children had it. Um, didn't even know they had it only yeah. through the tests. Yeah. So again, you know, that whole scaremongering of take the test. Oh my God, I've got COVID, you know, and overwhelming. And now we've moved into like no one's test. <laughs> so was, do you think that it's had a more negative impact, not on the services and, and the progression of, but on, on the people and on, on, uh, you know, the people behind in, in society yeah. that have, that have I think really it, been traumatised by not seeing their families, not being to the funerals, yeah. not being at weddings, you know, not being being there for their children, um, not not seeing their grandmothers or grandfathers for the last time before they passed away behind closed doors, behind a glass window. And now the, the, the psychological effects that it's had on the trust for the government, yeah. on the trust for the NHS, yeah. on the trust to nurses. Yeah. You know, nurses, you go to a nurse and you be, but now it feels like, you know, they're trying to f- not force stuff stuff on you, but they've, they've yeah. been given that sort of um, view now that nurses are there to you know, right, get get vaccinated. Get you know, do you think it's had a? Had I a know. Negative? I don't. I don't think people are like that. I think definitely, you know, like I said, you can't you can't argue what you saw the benefits from a kind of vulnerable person and the impact. Not even vulnerable people. We had young people in their twenties and thirties that died. And that, and all we know is they weren't vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So, but there's people that have died that have been vaccinated yeah, as well. So. I know. So I don't. Th- I don't think there's any right or wrong. I, I, I am yeah. glad we've moved more into a choice because it should be a choice. You know, with any immunisation that you get is a choice. It's a choice. Yeah. Um, and people can take that choice. And I think at the time. Because the hospitals were, although people didn't think that, although they were so full, we there was a lot of thought. I think, particularly from brothers, we can't have any more patients in the hospital. So how can will, will this prevent people coming into hospital? They built a make makeshift hospital mm. in London. Um, was a that, few of those? Yeah, they. I don't. Re- think, did they? They did they ever get used? No, I don't. I I think they might have been used a little bit in London, but not. Not very no. much, no. So it was it was all hyped yeah. up. The storm was all... But I think it was. We were going into this unknown end yeah. scene. We didn't know actually the impact. Yeah, all you can do yeah, that, is, is take gu- the advice, yeah. to take the guidance. But then what was happening on the ground? I think that the, the, the wedge or the um, disjointedness mm. was you was getting this information at the top of what we should be doing and how it should be run. Down here, it wasn't correlating with what was yeah. what, what the advice was because people were living their lives and not really seeing, you know, seeing the real COVID and what was happening, how it was affecting their lives. Yeah. And it wasn't really, and which yeah. it wasn't because, <laughs> you know. But we just, had, because we didn't know, we didn't know the impact. We mm-hmm. didn't know, you know, I know nurses and paramedics and who actually stayed away from their families for months yeah that's amazing like a couple of months they because they wanted to work on the wards they stayed away from their families um and their families lived and they just saw them through windows because they didn't know what they could potentially be bringing home to their children Mm -hmm. so they wanted to keep them safe because we just didn't know what was going to happen you know you were coming home from um work and just stripping on your doorstep to go in because you didn't know and that's what people were doing you know like getting changed at work or if like me I wasn't in a uniform you would be so worried about what you were bringing home Mm. and still like I don't wear jewellery at the moment much on my hands and stuff because I didn't know how that you know it's just yeah I know yeah I get you yeah it's it's made you yeah think a lot more about this yeah it was and, and I think obviously we it does take turn to learn how things are going to, you know, with mm. any illness, you don't know what it's going to be. Mm. And 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 I do think in those first stages that, and with like vaccinations, it was just a kind of, oh my God, we've got to do something. Let's do this. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it was a, a panic 
a, a panic stations mm. um, of of a storm that no that nobody knew anything about. Yeah, and the severe measures were, I think, were too drastic to yeah. to what we're dealing with now. The the comeback that we have to 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 sort of and we've had build back. I yeah. think it's it's knocked this cracked the foundations big time. Mm. And we've had to think really differently. So we we had like green areas and red areas. So COVID and non COVID and obviously people coming in from surgery we want to keep as what we call green as possible so they're safe from covid Mm -hmm. but actually that's really difficult now because if you go to the supermarket or who's to say you haven't come into contact with someone with covid so now we're kind of with that whole recovery moving into a new normal and actually trying to establish what is it we actually do need to do mm-hmm. do you think it's calmed down since the media have dropped it since the rules and regulations yeah, prob- have gone probably. and people are going treating it now like the <coughs> flu yeah um so my next question is where has covid gone sarah well it's definitely still there <laughs> where we do, tell me i know it's definitely still there because we're still getting people testing positive in mm. hospital but it's like in the tens but now that people aren't hundred. testing as much because they're like you know, I've had it. Yeah. I've had it twice. I've had it three times. I've had the this strain. I've had that strain. Yeah. The most deadliest strain since the. You know, it's people are like now just you. I think people are know people now are just sort of going. If I get it, it's, it's going to be like like the flu. Yeah. Or it's going to be like a a cold. Yeah. And I'm just going to have to have a few days off, get over it, and then go back to work. Yeah. Well, we don't test people now because. Unless you're symptomatic, that's mm-hmm. that's when we test people, and we're looking at how we test patients in hospital differently because we mm-hmm. were testing them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right; it's moved more into a like a flu. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's one of those illnesses that we just have. I think, like you said, and I, I'm on the same page here. You know, it came in. It was you know the media didn't help. You know the the panic. The, it was, phew, there was no testing at that time. It was mm-hmm. locked down. Then the testing came in and. People realise it only affected two, three percent of the global population. Whatever it was, it was it was going down. People weren't testing as much. People weren't taking the notice as much. People were listening to their own bodies and their own, you know, seeing how that they were affected personally by it. And it just came to a and but within within that period, we had some people. I think the government lost their heads to a point where, you know, lockdown. Yeah. Maybe, but then forcing people, you know, to 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 get vaccinated. I think I think there was a whole bit in the middle that just went, or even to, just to the back end, they just lost their heads and went a bit mad. And now it's, I think we found our heads yeah. again. The NHS has, you're rightly so, you know, in the last two years, three years, have bloody hell, have progressed more than in the last twenty years before COVID. They learned yeah. so much, which is super positive, right? But it, yeah, definitely, but it. Um, it's still going to take us a good kind of couple of years Absolutely. to get like those waiting lists back to normal, and that's what I'm saying. You yeah. know, the, the 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 negative detrimental effect it's had <clears> and how <throat> it was handled. For me, um, you know, the negative effect far outweighs mm. the, the the actual storm itself. Yeah, I think that it was it was dealt with, and it could have been dealt with so more 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 efficiently. And they're not from you guys, from the experts, yeah. from the powers to be, um, and again being. There's sort of being no expert, it sort of led to, to and again, nurses, and I feel sorry for nurses who've, who've been forced to do stuff they don't want to do because they've been told to do it as well. You yeah. know, and again, psychologically, you guys yeah. had, had, had the both, both, both sides of the coins were bad for you. Yeah, do you and you're I mean? doing it for the right reason because you you feel like you're doing mm-hmm. it to keep people safe. Yeah. That's why you do it. That's why you do the job because you want no it's amazing what you do and uh, listen i'm all for the nhs and i'm all for pro-choice and i'm I'm not an anti-vaxxer i've been vaccinated up to the hill you know i've been in the military like i said you know when i was 18 17 years old oh god knows what they were sticking in me but they're like you need this one you know you sort of trust the government i think that trust because of this has sort of gone Mm. and that's why people are now um more um weary of of you know i don't trust what the government are doing or what they're saying and Mm. And they've made a, yes, we've made progress, but we've made a complete mess of it. Hence why, you know, Boris Johnson isn't in power anymore. You know, talk about the parties that, you know, uh, tend down. You know, you, we can go go into it all we want, but that, we're not here for that. So I think there's the, that lack of trust and respect that needs to be reestablished yeah. both within the government and within the NHS. Yeah. Um, not only by the workers, but, you know, the people as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, again, like you said, that's going to take a few years, right? Mm. But you're you're in the right direction for yeah, doing it. But I the majority so. of you, like yourself, Sarah, 
lovely people. You know, yeah. you're there for the right cause. Yes, yeah. of course, you're going to get bad apples and, and, and you know, you're going to get things wrong. We're human. You know, in every organization, there's the, the bad, the bad apples. And, you know, and we've in every organization, we get things wrong because yeah. we're human. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I just feel sorry for you guys because of the amount of, of I believe, um, you know, negative sort of devastation this has had you guys have got to pick up the pieces yeah i really really feel for you for that but they've got people like you serving Sarah. <laughs> i'm sure that they'll honestly be absolutely fine. They ha- and i think that's the thing as well thinking about this that it is the best job in the world yeah. and um what we don't want is people to be fearful of coming to be doctors and nurses and you know we need people to keep coming because we've got to keep delivering this service so yeah. Yeah. And a last question for you. Um, people say, you know, the NHS is, is struggling now. And I, I, I say to them from my experience in the military, we work closely with, with uh, the emergency services. I think the, the NHS was struggling before COVID, yeah. right? The, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was struggling big time <laughs> before COVID. This just tipped it over the scale. Yeah. Um, are you still over that scale or do you think that you are just back to <laughs> struggling big time? No, we, we are struggling. <laughs> We're struggling with the amount of people that kind of come through the front door. Yeah. Plus that balance of wanting to treat people who've been waiting for their treatment. So it's a real struggle. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, people can take responsibility for um, looking after their own health and... It starts how with you, you right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. how you use the NHS, mm-hmm. you know, like... I don't want to stop people from coming if they're sick, but there are other options out there for getting treatment before you go to to an emergency department. Or yeah, it's like calling an ambulance, you know. Yeah. Call, you know, if you can drive, if you live five yeah. miles away from the hospital, get, get, yeah, know, it'll be quicker yeah, yeah. and easier. And and you know, GPs are there and they're and they're working again. Although I think some people find it challenging to access that, but that you know that's all back again so mm. and they can you know refer you for diagnostics and things like that brilliant so uh yeah i think we we, we all have a responsibility to use the nhs yeah of course yeah to the best because no, definitely definitely and like you say it's, it's you we know, want it to be around UK, for a long time yeah, yeah. it's great because you know you know when your child is ill mm. when you have mm. you know uh, when you've got a serious injury where's the first place you go yeah. to yeah. you go straight to the nhs and guess who's looking after you People like you. So. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great to have you on here. Um, I think the NHS has got a, by the sounds of it, you know, you've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. But I think you've always had a long way to go. But even more so now, um, you know, it's over to you guys. And I don't envy you. I don't envy you, but <laughs> I know that. We've got to take those positives we've learned now. Absolutely. And keep doing them. Just because, Absolutely. you know, we, we did them at a, it doesn't mean they weren't right. So we have to, yeah, there's some things that need to go back to normal, but some things. Yeah, no, what you've learned, yeah, the got, positive things, yeah, implement them, yeah. bring the old structure forward as yeah. well, but um, mould it into into a new, new adaptable world, exactly. right? Yeah. Sarah, yeah. it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Keep, uh, keep doing what you're doing. You are unsung heroes. And, you know, when we clap for you um, during the pandemic, those claps should be still going now. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Anne. Cheers.